Welcome back, everybody. I have the uh, honor and the pleasure of speaking with Pancho Demings. Uh, you may know Pancho from NCIS. You may know him from The Fugitive. You may know him from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You may yeah. you've seen him in a bunch of places. And uh, I am wearing my you know uh, Cubs shirt uh, partially for him because he's uh, he spent some time in Chicago. Please welcome to the program, Mr. Demings. Thank you. Thank you very much, Alan. It's it's my pleasure, and uh, yes, you know I, I know you spent I think four years or so in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. love Chicago. Chicago's my kind of town. I uh, moved there from Minneapolis, from from originally because a buddy of mine said, "Oh, you need to come down there." Buddy of mine, uh, I'm a name drop, Harry Lennox, good brother, thank you. Um, and so I came down and started, you know, hitting boards and figuring out how to do the acting game. So Chicago was the very very fun town, very great town for me. So I'm very appreciative. Thank you, Chicago. Oh well, Chicago loves you, and uh, Chicago is is awesome. It's it's my my home. You know, I came here as a kid at uh, 15. Yeah, I, I believe I was 15 when I came here, and uh, well, now I've lived here for 30 years. So there you go. Telling on yourself. Sorry. I say you're telling on yourself. You're putting those oh. numbers in. Yeah, everybody knows I'm 45. I have nothing, uh, nothing to worry about. Um, so yeah, I um, based on what you uh, just mentioned and kind of in my research, I didn't see where your acting started. I know you graduated with an economics and business degree, but then you decided to pursue acting. So was acting did it begin in Chicago for you? Well, yeah, I started in Minneapolis, and you know, I, when I decided I needed to go to the next level, I had to decide whether I, whether I wanted to go to New York or whether, whether I wanted to go straight to LA. And I thought Chicago was the perfect place to go, and so that's what I did. But initially, I'm from a big family; I'm one of twelve, so mm -hmm. <laughs> brothers and four sisters. And for like Easter, we'd all have to go up on stage in front of our whole family and quote scripture and whatnot, and you know, at four years old, I kind of had the feeling like, wow, this is kind of cool. And then when I was probably about seven years of age, um, this director for this choir, the Metropolitan Boys Choir, her name is B. Speed, it's B. Hasselman now. She still has the choir all these years later. Mm -hmm. um, she came and, and asked to speak to me about whether I sung or not, because I sung in the church choir. Mm -hmm. So she got a part of be a part of her uh, choir and I loved it we would do like performances and old and like um homes and just different venues and in those homes and in these performances we do vignettes from like the music man and Oliver South Pacific so I learned to dance and sing and be in front of an audience and um but then I didn't know if I was going to pursue it and went to school economics and business but the whole time I'd been doing plays, writing plays, performing plays at this church where I was kind of working with the youth at. And then after I graduated and I was working this job that I wasn't crazy about, a friend told me about somebody who was looking for actors to actually audition for this industrial film. And I was like, sure, why not? And I worked the job, worked a few hours, and they paid me some good money. I said, like, wait a minute, I can make money. <laughs> so, so it kind of, that kind of, was the thing that got me going. And then I worked in, in Minneapolis, had an opportunity to do some great theater, work with some great casting directors there. Um, and so, and then after that, I moved to Chicago. So that's kind of the, the progression that got me there. Gotcha. Yeah, I, um, I've spoken with some actors from Minneapolis and Minnesota in general, and there is a very nice acting community there. Yeah, a lot of talented people, and and we're good people out there. Nice Minnesotan people out there. So, you know, yeah. a lot of people ended up in the movie Fargo from Minneapolis. So, right, that's true. Um, very cool. Let's uh, before we get to Chicago, I wanted to uh, to ask you. You've mentioned NBC, and uh, I, you know, doing a, a little bit of research, I, I saw what type of role NBC really had for you in your life. As uh, I think uh, when you were younger your mom moved the whole family out uh, into a predominantly white uh, neighborhood. So um, yeah, that, that uh, based again on what I, the, the bits and pieces that I read, that was not an easy transition uh, for you. Um, can you talk about what effect that it had on your life? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we were literally the, the neighborhood, we were the first black children and family to move into that neighborhood when I was seven years old. 
And then we were among the first black children to go to an all-white school. So it, it was contentious. And so to put it mildly, I got my share of fighting in <laughs> during that period of time. And so um, at the time, it was, it was turbulent. And it's kind of interesting to be at this point in history now where these things have come full circle. So some of the same things that happened then are apparently happening now and, and worse, that we're an even more divided nation. But um, at the same time, we were just kids. And so I had kids that who in the first grade, we were duking it up. But by the time we got to the sixth grade, we were the best best of buddies. And that's kind of something that I, I always take forward with me is that as people, once we get to realize that we're not these horrible people that we make each other out to be and uh, their assumptions that are made about different groups of individuals, just because we don't have the time or we don't actually get the chance to spend time with those people, it, it makes us have misgivings about those people. So. So some of these friends, and they're still my friends today, you know, mm -hmm. from elementary school to high school, junior high school, high school and college, all still my friends today. So, you know, it's proof that we can put this thing together and, and work together as a, as a community at large. Yeah, because people are people. I, I know I, um, I'm cliche and I know I'm weird because I, I don't think of people in terms of color or sexual orientation or, you know, their gender. It's People are people. You're either a yeah. nice person or you're not a nice person. That's, that's kind of how I was raised. Maybe it's because, again, I, I grew up in a homogenous society. I came from Ukraine and everybody there was white or some variation of it. And you had, you know, people from the different, uh, you know, parts of the Soviet Union. And I saw the discrimination, but then I felt the discrimination personally as a Jewish uh, kid. I wasn't religious, but, you know, talking about kind of the, the fights uh, as, as kids. That's where it started for me of I felt different because I was labeled as a Jew. I didn't know what it meant. I had no religious uh, understanding of it. It was just people were treating me different. I couldn't understand why. So like I came from that and maybe because of that, I tried to treat everybody, you know, based on their merits and not what they look like. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But, uh, you know, coming to this country, it was definitely a, a wake up call for me because here you have a lot more diversity and yes. some people look at it uh, like me. I look at it as cool. I, I get to know all sorts of people. Uh, other people look at it differently. So I'm sorry that you've had those experiences, but I'm glad that, uh, you know, people are people and you are able to work things out. And now you're friends. Yeah. And just, you know, to kind of give a little plug for Minneapolis, because at the time, when all this stuff happened with George Floyd, and, and literally this happened at, at a, a pharmacy that I've been in a hundred times. I was there probably two months prior to that happening, and it happened only one block away from we, where we have our community celebration all the, every year, annually. And so, you know, it really hit home when all of that happened. But, you know, some of the, the news and whatnot kind of showed the community to be violent and, and whatnot, and it's, not that at all. And I remember seeing at the time, I remember seeing other uh, news, like local stuff that was showing people coming with food and, and bags of groceries and cleaning the community and working to, you know, restore what this upheaval had, had actually happened. And so, you know, so all we see in news is all of these violent, quote, violent people tearing up the community. But we love our community. And, um, we definitely want to see about building that back up, and, and that is happening. So, good. It it has to. Again, there's. I know it's it's a very difficult time for everybody right now. You know, uh, country is really divided. Um, I'm on every possible line, uh, but that's not really what America is about. Um, America is is a very generous and beautiful country, and people genuinely are good people and we have a lot more in common so i hope once this kind of thing tones down we can get back to uh to the community that we really are yeah well you know there, there's an old saying that it's the squeaky wheel that gets the oil and so sometimes yeah. we see all of this and it makes it seem like you know there's like so many people that feel that way towards one another but the, the truth is is that we would would not have come to the place that we have um with the rights that I have in this country that at one point in my life, I, my, my 
forefathers did not have. And so I think the majority of people are of that ilk of like, let's move America forward and not back. And so, and I, and I think that that's something that will play itself out over the next few years. So I'm excited about the prospects of that. Me too. Again, let's let's just treat people as equals. It doesn't matter where they're coming from or what they look like or what they choose to believe. I, or what yeah, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that part. What their gender is, so you know, and, all of those decisions that we make that keep us at odds with each other. So, yeah, it's it just it, it really kind of goes to say more about the people themselves, right? Because yes. um, you know, I'm white, right? So okay, I, I I'm white, but then I have my experience of being uh, discriminated against because uh, of my I'm not even going to call it faith because I'm not religious. It's it's because of my heritage. So I experienced that, and that made me, you know, uh, understanding I am a part of the uh, I'm part of the acting community. And in the acting community, we have LGBTQ, we have uh, all sorts of uh, people, and none of us really care because we're all just uh, we're all weird. We all love it, and we're all accepting of each other. So like for me, all of that is normal. I, I want to get the country to a place where it's all normal for everybody. And exactly. I, I remember, um, I remember now the movie comes, the, the movie name escapes me at the moment, but I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, there, there was a movie about a, a white uh, senator uh, and he had, um, a, um, he had something that happened to him that kind of made him question everything. And then, uh, eventually, uh, he got to a point where he was asked uh, on, on television, you know, what do you think of uh, whites and blacks? Because at that point, he had a black girlfriend. He said, well, I think everybody should just, you know, uh, have sex and uh, get rid of color altogether. Uh, and uh, I, <laughs> I said, that's a solution. <laughs> it's, it's a solution. I, I don't think it's the solution. But uh, I... I, I, this, this is a movie that came out, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So I, I remember watching it and thinking it's a, it's an interesting idea of how we, again, bring everybody back together. Uh, it was a, uh, it was a sarcastic uh, film that brought up, uh, you know, real questions. But anyway, um, I, I'm really hoping, I'm like you, I hope that uh, things will get not just back to where they were, but, you know, allow us to grow as a society and move forward. Yeah, I'm one of those people who tends to hope against hope. And, uh, you know, some people just go, oh, it's horrible. It's not going to get me better. I, I never believe that way. I think that life has a way of balancing itself out. And I always say water will always find its own levels. I think that as the pendulum swings to one side, it finds a way to make its back way back. And I think that in the middle, people tend to settle and find what's the best and the you know the truest and most pure things that come out of the human species. And so I I, I do have a lot of hope, and I and I just think that it's swung too far one way, that now it will balance itself out. I I believe so as well. And um, that that type of optimism I I think uh, is is a really helpful trade as you went through your life. Again, talking about some of the experiences when you were a little kid and then moving forward, you know, going through NCIS, which we'll, which we'll touch upon in a minute. I know everybody watching the show wants us to talk about NCIS. We will, I promise. Um, and it's, it's been a trait of yours that I think you've, you've got to utilize. It, it has not been easy, but uh, you being an optimist, I think, served you really well throughout your life and throughout your career in general. Yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people who came up with a very strong support system. And again, I might have mentioned that my parents were both ministers, mm -hmm. um, but they weren't overbearing. They kind of just kind of put good principles in, in us. And all of us, aside from my parents, I had my, my family, my brothers and my sisters, who I couldn't have asked for anything. When I, 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 I always say that I hit the, the jackpot. I hit the lottery when it came to family because we love each other very much. and um, we look after one another. And so I think that because I came from that kind of thing, and I think even coming up in those adverse situations where, you know, oftentimes I was the only black person in the room, and sometimes I got feelings from people that way, it, my parents 
taught me very well to own who I was and not to be about being black, you know, black person, but being mm -hmm. about a person. So I often say I'm a, I'm a person before I'm an ethnicity. And so people find themselves getting caught up in being a, a color instead of a being. And that's not my hangout. And that's more about people who have an issue with the color of my skin than me, because that's their problem and not mine. Well, yeah. it's our but we'll work together to get it up to get it resolved if in fact people are willing to do that. And that's that's the key point, right? You know, uh, are are they looking past their own kind of upbringing and some prejudices and a way of categorizing people just by how you see them uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to treating them for who they really are. So yeah, so again, it's it's about education, it's about culture, it's uh, it's a societal issues that uh, hopefully we continue going through. Um, in terms of diversity, again, you, you've been in the business for a while. Have you seen things move forward? Uh, have you seen the uh, the steps uh, kind of uh, take place or not really? I, I think that, you know, it, it is it's contingent upon, I mean, realistically, I have my own little microcosm of how I see the world. And even as a black actor, you know, there's certain actors that I compete with that we are seeing a certain way. So it may not be as diverse because the pool that they, is there and the roles that we're competing for mm -hmm. tend to be those roles that have the ability to cross over outside of what people are normally seeing like yeah. people have. And so I believe that there's advancement in the business. I believe that we are moving things forward, but I also know that there's other things to to see there's other places that go and i think that for me personally um it's funny because i tend to be fortunate enough that people from other country oftentimes are the ones that hire me or what ends up happening is that if people write a role quote black then it's probable i'm not going to get that role but when people just write a role and say well we can actually cast a person of color in that. and i would have times where i go in an audition and i I'd be like, there'd be me and it'd be nine white brothers. And I'm like, at first I was like, okay, what am I doing here? But then I realized that was an homage. That I, this is, I can give in love to the casting directors who had the foresight to say, I know that you thought, said you want this, but just in case, you know, you want this, or, you know, maybe it was that the producers were saying we could use a person of color in this role or in mm -hmm. that role. So I learned to stop doing their work and just do my work going into a room. So, so basically, I do believe that we're making progress, but I do think that there's more progress to be made, and, and other ethnicity need to be represented too. So, I, I like the fact that Asian cultures are starting to get more work, and people are starting, you know, broaden that base when you have movies that come out like, you know, I don't know, Black Panther, and it's and to see all of these people of color. And this movie grows as much money as it did worldwide. It's it's that's saying that we are doing some things, but we also need leadership and roles behind the camera, not just in front of the camera. And that is what gives us more diversity when you have producers and yeah. executive producers and you know casting. The more we broaden that, the more inclusive we become. That's true. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you're seeing uh, you're seeing signs um, from from my very limited perspective. Uh, you know, I, I see more and more uh, inclusion in the projects that I've been involved in, which is a good sign for me. But again, it's a very limited perspective. So I always want to ask people what they see in their experiences. Um, so who? <laughs> this is just my curiosity and and for fun. Who did you find yourself competing mostly with <laughs> from uh, from your kind of uh, group of actors? Well, um, <laughs> well, we were before, before we were on camera. We were, already, yeah. uh, we were talking about this person that you interviewed, yeah. uh, Russell Hornsby. He he is a person that I would go out against quite a bit. Um, and believe it or not, at one point I was auditioning against Anthony Mackie, who <laughs> you know it's hard to believe. <laughs> I mean with the roles that he's playing now. Um, Hold on, just, why, why, well, I'm going to stop you there. Why is that hard to believe? You're a very talented well, actor. It, the, I believe it. It. Was, <laughs> it wasn't that per se, but to see him start, and I, I remember I went to um, 
it was a screening of these small, these like independent, like short films. And he was in one of the films and I was talking to him and, you know, and then to see that kind of happened where he, you know, went to that next level. And, 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 and it, with other people like Shamar Moore and Michael Jai White, um, just you, the people you would see in, in a room on any given day. And it's like, hey, man, how you doing? I haven't seen you long. It's good to see you. Congratulations. I'm glad, to, glad you got that. So, you know, sometimes people think it's, it's, it's competitive. And it is. I mean, but the way we look at it is that if it's your role, then it's yours. If it's mine, mm -hmm. it's mine. And as long as they do great work with the roles, um, then we we in turn have an opportunity because it, it makes people more inclusive. They're like, and if and if and if he's working, yeah, that means <laughs> there's a role I might be able to get. So so no, it's it's true. And um, you you've mentioned a lot of the people, and there are a lot of avenues. Me me as a host, I immediately am thinking of. Okay, you mentioned Michael J. White. You've mentioned, uh, you know, um, you mentioned uh, uh, Mackie. Uh, both of these guys, uh, you know, know martial arts. So do you. You're you're a boxer. You're a uh, Jeet Kune Do, uh, you know, practitioner. So yeah. you know, Michael. When when I when I uh, am looking at Michael's career, and again, I've I've enjoyed him in everything that I've seen him in. Uh, but he's found his niche. I'm not sure that he wants to be in. Uh, Okay, maybe that's a wrong way of saying it because I'm sure he loves the martial arts genre. Uh, but you know, breaking into the mainstream, uh, it, it was more difficult uh, for him. Even though he's a wonderful dramatic actor, I still don't know why he's not getting more mainstream uh, kind of uh, uh, roles. Uh, Russell uh, certainly did, and uh, Mackie did as well. So it's it was interesting kind of uh, to look uh, at all of these things, but. Yeah, I, I can see why they would bring you, bring you in, knowing your background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and Michael, it's the, like you were saying about what Michael, and Michael, he, he's such a talented actor, and, uh, and and I'm saying this, Michael, <laughs> but one time, him and a, a buddy of mine, Randy Goodwin, I'm saying these names, actual names, they, mm -hmm. they played a practical joke. I mean, I didn't know I was being punked, basically where Michael was acting like this ominous person. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Because I'm thinking, I can't run from this guy. Yeah. I probably can't handle this guy. What am I going to do? But then after the end of it, my buddy Randy says, now let me introduce you to the real Michael Jai White. And they both start cracking up. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. So to see that fun side, and when you're so used to seeing that seriousness that he yeah. does, just, so he is, and most actors have that, that kind of versatility to them. And so it's just a matter of people giving them opportunity to do something else. So That's true. Very cool. Thank you for, for indulging me. I appreciate that uh, kind of uh, going off uh, for a bit. Um, let's talk NCIS because, uh, again, uh, you've done 15 episodes, if I'm not mistaken, of NCIS. Uh, you were in the first uh, season. Uh, then, you know, Gerald disappeared and there's been, you know, all sorts of wondering of whatever happened. I think you addressed that uh, actually uh, just shortly ago of what uh, what you thought. For those people who have not had a chance to uh, to follow up on that, let's get into it, if you don't mind, uh, because from an acting perspective, to me, it's it's very appropriate. And I want to ask you questions after this. But, you know, uh, what what happened uh, and uh, why? Uh, your character, who was instrumental in season one, didn't really appear until you know one episode, uh, one or two episodes. Uh, I think in season three or four. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, I came on in the very beginning of the show, and yeah. you know, I'm very grateful to Don Belisario and Chaz Johnson who brought me in, Susan Bluestein, who was the casting person, brought me, and all the producers of the show that you know gave me an opportunity to work in this. Yeah. project that who knew would grow to be as grand as it was and you know to be able to get to work with I'm a Mark Harmon and you know, David McCallum who I was a little kid watching him do stuff and who would have known I'd one day have the opportunity to work with this person every day you know Michael Weatherly and you know all of them Paul Gray it, 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 it was just an amazing thing but in the beginning of the show you know, they, they were still kind of framing how the show was going to go. 
where they wanted to go with the show. We were working pretty long hours. Um, and, you know, there were forced calls and they were, we were sometimes looping like two days before an episode was going to air. It was just finding the legs of the show. And so as was this with every show, I mean, I have had a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to do those episodes in, in the first season. And then they kind of decided, well, what, what are we going to do with this character? So I wasn't on the second season at all. And right. uh, I get a call from my agent saying that they want to bring me back. And um, so I come back. And even in the episode, uh, Gerald says, you know, he'll be back to work um, yeah. in the upcoming. And that just didn't flesh out. Now, for whatever reasons, as you know, and as, as other actors know, sometimes um, productions decide to go different ways. And as a result, Brian had an opportunity to step in and has been there ever since. But um, whatever reasons and whatever, I don't know all the behind scene reasons why I didn't end up back on the show. But um, I always say that if, you know, they want Gerald to end up back in those, I probably could still get into those scrubs and, you know, the, the field coveralls. I, said, I probably could still do that. So, but, um, but it's just the way that the shows chose to go. And, and, you know, that's the powers that be, it's something that, you know, I wish I could be the one that says, okay, let's bring Gerald back. But, you know, that's the powers that be. Well, uh, listen, they're, they're in the 18th uh, year. So I think it's, it's, it's time to bring Gerald back. Um, my personal opinion, Sean Murray, who was lovely and who was on the show. If you're watching this, please, you know, put 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 some things in <laughs> into the producers. Uh, I was like, that was kind of like the end of my spiel. So I didn't really get to to know Sean. I got to say hello to him a few times, but but that was it. So unfortunately, I didn't really get a chance to work with him. So you know, uh, it's, who knows. And then from the acting perspective, that's where, again, your your positivity and, uh, you know, being an optimist comes in of, you know, being in that show and then mm -hmm. for whatever reason, not being a part of it anymore, that that's a tough pill to swallow. And, uh, you know, around the industry, I'm sure there were questions of, you know, why, what happened? Is, is it his acting? Is that his, you know, persona in terms of how he behaves on set? Because we all know that okay certain stars can be divas but uh, for the most part you're hired because you're a professional and you're somebody who people enjoy being on set with so you know when this thing happens did you have to deal with any blowback or did you have to try to figure it out or explain yourself of hey this this was not my idea this was not my acting i don't know you know just a storyline and let's move on well you know i of course you always wonder you know Right. Wow. You know, you're, you're reading the script and you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. It says that Gerald gets shot here. <laughs> you know, it's a, you're always kind of wondering what's going on. And and when those decisions are made, um, you know, you, you always hope that other decisions will be made to, to bring it back or move it forward. But um, I just knew it was time to to just kind of accepted and if in fact they, they came back around to it um, and gave me that opportunity again, then I would be more than willing to do so. And so I'm just one of those people who I'm very grateful. And I remember at one point um, I was dealing with some stuff in my personal life with my family and, and whatnot. And I was trying to work out some stuff with uh, the show. And I remember I, um, I wanted to ask Mark about something. And you know, Mark is a very, very busy person. He, he was on the set from sun up to sundown, you know? And so for those of us who support a cast that come in and do our little bit and um, and are happy to do our part, and then we go home. Yeah. And I was there for long hours, but to, to think that he's there as long as he did. So I had kind of got a, a question to him through one of the producers and, and I'm up in Portland visiting and, and whatnot, visiting family. And I was on my phone rings and, and it was Mark and I was like, Hey, Mark. And so, you know, I got to ask him some things and, he, you know, he gave, he gave me a real blunt and, very, you know, very straightforward opinion. He said, well, this is what I think. Um, but, you know, you can take my advice or not. But, you know, this is this is what I believe. And so I, I was 
you know, very, I was happy that he uh, actually spent the time, took the time to, to give me a call. And then like with Don Rosario was enough in this moment, I sent him an email about some stuff. And this man got back to me that evening. It's like 1.30 in the morning, he, he sent an email back to me. So to think that, you know, doing all of that busy stuff, they, that they take the time to do that kind of stuff, it's it was impressive to me. So, yeah, I mean, of course you want to continue. Of course you want to be there. But, yeah. that's, like I said, that's up to the powers that be. Yeah, and again, it just it speaks to your character of uh, putting it behind you, moving forward, and continuing your career. And you've done some great things uh, after that, and you've been in iconic, uh, you know, projects after. Um, the I, I looked around. I couldn't find a ton of information, but uh, the show that you were on in 2015. Uh, now the name escapes me because I didn't write it down. But it was uh, it was a cop show. You and another uh, gentleman. Uh, what what yeah. happened to it? I, I couldn't see what uh, what was going on there. Sorry about that. This thing keeps. It's, it's, it's probably Mark Harmon. If it's Mark Harmon, pick it up. <laughs> um, Tana Varelli. Uh, it's a show that um um it's a, a group that writing producing group that I was a part of that was started by Clint Jeffries. Um, very, very good friend of mine and um, for, with Next Up Films. And he just came up with this idea. We were writing, we were mm-hmm. fleshing things out, trying to find, you know, produce our own product, uh, projects. And he just came up with this idea of these two cops just writing the beat in the short format, three to four minute beats. And so he wrote a couple episodes and everybody went crazy. So we just started shooting them and we shot up a whole season and um and so we were looking forward to um continually shoot continue to shoot some more but fortunately um my buddy jimmy jimmy giannini one of my best friends hmm. beautiful heart was my partner he was borelli i was uh tyler he he passed away and so okay. so we uh, kind of had a you know we're still kind of looking at possibilities of how we can move it forward because people like it and it's a fun format. So mm-hmm. in fact, this, this bracelet right here, that's, this is what Jimmy's, my little, my little homage to Jimmy. So, so that's something that we are still kind of writing projects and trying to like that particular one, move it forward and see, see how we can shift it and move it forward. So. Yeah, uh, it, it looked fun. So that's why I wanted to find more information. I couldn't find anything. So Thank you for. Uh, I'm I'm sorry it, it happened, but yeah. for uh, filling me in. I hope it. Uh, I hope you can pick it up. Maybe you know, kind of this downtime is uh, is when you have a chance to uh, to look at it and see what you can. Yeah, do. we kind of, kind of kick some things around, kick some ideas around, see what we can do, and we'll, we'll see what we can come up with. You know, no no promises yet, but we're we're brainstorming. So, and that, that kind of brings us to uh, to this COVID time. What uh, what have you found yourself doing during this time of a slowdown for everybody? Well, for me personally, I've been writing quite a bit. I have some projects that I'm writing and trying to writing, rewriting, bouncing mm-hmm. them off, and talking to some friends slash producers um, that are actually working with me to get some of these things out. Um, so, I've got I have a pilot that I'm writing for a series, um, which I, they, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna say any names quite yet, cause I'm still kind of developing stuff. I have a short film that I've written. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a couple of films that I'm actually, one is almost finished, the other one, I'm still framing it. So, and looking at some of my friends to produce, and it's, in the meantime, I've worked with a couple of friends who are mm-hmm. writers, producers, you know, whatnot and that's Chris Tessera who actually did a film deadline with helps with him and so we got another we're looking at doing another one of those films and and he has has some other things coming down the pipe that you know I'm probably gonna produce with him and whatnot. And then um there's Sam Upton who did another movie. It's called Twelve Round Gun. It's a boxing movie, you know, with my background. Because my brother was a professional boxer, so he was a he was a, a middleweight contender. So um, so that kind of world worked, and so Sam cast me in that, and cast me in No, no Man's Land, and so 
he's got some other things that I'm hoping to collaborate with him on. His his film is his company is, is uh, Funkatelki Films, and so he's very talented writer, producer, director, actor. So so those are some of the things that I just kind of have coming down the pike, you know. And, and and those are the things that I'm working to develop myself. But I'm also still actively looking yeah. to get you know work in the business. So I don't want you casting directors to think I'm 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 like over here doing this thing so just putting on different hats now yeah listen if anybody's watching this punches around you know uh right below is where you can get in touch with him so <laughs> please do so <laughs> very cool um before we switch to martial arts because i definitely want to ask you questions there um right. in terms of again you've been on uh, on a lot of projects with really really talented actors um without and i know you're a very kind uh, and gentle soul but without uh thinking that you'll you'll kind of uh, take somebody and not mention somebody else um who do you think was the best actor that you had a chance to work with well that's a that's a mouthful because i've, I've been fortunate enough to work with a range of just unbelievably talented people like i said just you know starting again with with NCIS being able to work with Mark Harmon and David McCallum. David would be working every day and he would, I remember one day he was in, we were in the autopsy room and he's, he has this like IV line and he's talking and he's doing all this stuff. And it was so natural and so real. And I said, David, I said, how do you, how do you do that? And he said, you know how I do Pancho? He said, literally I say my lines hundreds of times i'm like okay hundreds of times and and one time we were working he was like he started to give me a note and then he stopped himself i said david <laughs> you can give me a note anytime so being able to work close with those people but then working like in the fugitive um being able to work with harrison ford every day it was just crazy and then tommy lee jones um so, I mean, there was something, because like Harrison, when you meet him, he's kind of quiet and gentle, you know, it's kind of really this, it's like, and then all of a sudden they, this camera starts rolling, and he's, you know, he's Indiana Jones, this energy, and, and you have to, those kind of people teach you how to, to, to maintain what you're doing, because you'll be sitting there watching them. And so, and then Tommy Lee Jones, I remember there was a scene in The Fugitive where He's talking to Joe Pantoliano, and, it, and it's right before they find me underneath this bus that the train smashed into. And he's telling him to do this, and he, and what are you doing? Well, while well, you're doing it, you know, go give him a donut with some sprinkles on it. And so it's just a, watching him work, and then they did Joe's close-up, so they were shooting over Tommy's shoulder, and he's giving the business to Joe Pantoliano, and um, and. They did like five takes, and each take, Tommy Lee Jones varied his response, which changed Joe's response. Mm -hmm. So they had five great takes just based off of what he did. And then, um, so, but then also I, I worked on a, I think it was an episode of Cold Case where I played a younger ver version of Clarence Williams III. And not everybody knows who this guy is, but he goes back to being in the Mod Squad um back in the 60s and uh but he and he plays prince's dad in purple rain and uh that work are, are you still getting me yeah 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 all good no because it was saying that was, it was getting a little note on the on the computer but mm -hmm. you know play to be around him to watch it and so that was the thing is that when i worked in these things i literally even like on ncis when I, I wouldn't really go to my trailer, I would just sit on set and watch these people do what they do because they, you know, they, they have years of work. And uh, so I've been fortunate to work with some great actors. So I got you. So I don't have one. I have, I'm going to say all of them, you know. No, it, it, it makes sense. Uh, you know, if you ask me who I think is the best actor ever, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. Um, I, I can maybe give five or ten, but yeah, picking one would be ridiculous. Uh, and that's that's you know my my joy as a host. I get to ask these questions that I myself would not be able to answer. 
I'm just, I, you know, that's just, that's it for me. I'm like, I love them all. So I get you. Um, so, you know, what are your advices on set? So to people who, you know, are going to get on set, who are doing these co-star or guest star roles, um, what would you suggest uh, to them are kind of the three things that you really need to pay attention to? Um, well, first of all, the, uh, these are big productions and, um, you know, being punctual, being on time mm -hmm. and being ready are, are such important things. Um, and so just making yourself available whenever they want you to, if you need to go to the trailer to go to the, the, the restroom or whatever, let a, you know, let a, an AD know that you, you're doing these things. and you know, basically, be prepared. Like when I first came out here, a friend of mine told me, "Say, you know, if you if you get something substantial within the first few years of being here, you're just lucky." Mm -hmm. um, but they said, "But do what you do, do that well, and do that consistently." And so, to just do your part and be there. And watching on set allows you to actually see where you fit into these things because as actors we're so focused on what we're saying but it's the listening and you know the, the greatest actors are the ones that when you watch them listening i was just talking about this watching leonardo dicaprio in the scene in revolutionary road in the kitchen where she's giving him the business and he's so vulnerable and to see that and he's just responding mm -hmm. there's so much to learn actually being on set so just to be there be present be prepared um, and and have fun. So, I mean, that's that's the thing that I always say is just have fun because that's what we're there to do is is create this world that people can tune into to to take a departure from the world that's weighing them down. So that's what we get to do as as actors. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, last thing before before we get to martial arts, you're you're a very private person. Uh, are you that way just because that's kind of your upbringing and that's who you are, or have you experienced reasons for you to kind of uh, not uh, not to expand that circle on social media and everywhere else? Uh, is that you know because of something that happened, or that just who you are? Well, you know there are things that do happen, but you know of course that doesn't mean that I have to live live my life under a rock. But I, by nature, I'm, I tend to be um a private person um when i do go out and you know interact with people i, I have a, a wonderful time um like ncis would have fan festivals all the time and just getting with the people and mixing with with the fans and and you know them their, their passion for the show and to know how much they love what you do i feel like it's it's a it's an obligation at times to be a part of that um and so part of why I haven't been as active in, in social media is simply because of some of the stuff in my personal life and my family and, and those things and you know, you build and you work. And so it kind of keeps me from being so active with it. And also late, of late, I've been writing quite a bit, but I'm, I'm starting to feel like the need to kind of put myself out a, a, a little more so, but it's just my nature to kind of keep some things close to heart. But at the same time, as you as you see, I, I do like to, to talk. <laughs> so, uh, so, so there'll probably be more of me being out there and, and less private. Good. Well, you know, this interview is going to be up tomorrow, so everybody can, everybody can watch it and get to know uh, or to reintroduce themselves to uh, to Pancho. Um, getting to martial arts. As soon as I saw on your resume, you know, boxing, jeet kune do, I'm like, okay, my guy. I need to talk to uh, <laughs> I need to talk to Pancho. That was not the determining reason, but it was a, it was a huge bonus for me. Um, cool. Where where did that start for you? And uh, and you know, do you still practice? Uh, what's going on? Well, I would like to set out practicing more than I used I mean, more now, but I'm not as much as I used to. Um, it started out because I always loved like martial arts films and all of that, and so even as a young person i started taking some some taekwondo and in the process um i ended up 
meeting this person and his name was Ty Michael and he he was a Jeet Kune Do master. And so I met him one day and he's like, I'm going to train you. I'm like, okay. And so we, I, we, I had the, the good fortune of having this person train me one-on-one. So yeah. it's like, I mean, what more could I ask for? And so we spent years of working and he would, and, and it got to the point where, you know, he was so good at it. And he just taught me so much. And uh, one day we were sparring and we weren't sparring. We were just kind of shadow sparring. Mm-hmm. And and he was so precise with his punching, but I I started feeling myself a little bit. And I got a little close and he caught me with the punch. And it it wasn't, he didn't even extend it that far, but it, he, it created so much power and energy in that short punch. And it was a reflex. And I went flying back. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? But I, I love the, the discipline of it. It's just like, you know, like with acting, you, you, know, you have to work your child. You get out and you, you know, you take a class with a person here. You, you know, get some coaching done. Um, you take improv, which is, to me, one of the best things for, for actors to do because I've learned a lot from doing improv. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just working jobs. And so that's, that's what really got me going with, with uh, martial arts. That's awesome. Uh, I again, growing up on Bruce and uh, and um, Jean Claude uh, and Jet Li, uh, Jackie Chan. I mean, this this is kind of my thing. And you know, then Michael, you know, Michael J. White, Scott Atkins, uh, Donnie Yen, all of these guys. I just um, um, amazing. I'm, I'm in love, and then I get a chance to talk to you about some of the of the martial arts on the show. So any any time I see it, it's just you know my my eyes light up, and I <laughs> I want to talk about that. Yeah, I get it. So yeah, and I like that. that I'm that way with with boxing too. I actually have a like a big portrait of my brother that somebody painted, and he was like at one point he was the the number six contender in, in the middleweight wow. division. So he like real champions he's you know fought uh sugar ray seals john mcgee's the beast mcgobbly he fought marvin and so having someone that i grew up to look up to like that on on the levels of how he carried himself as a person how he was to the community and and his representation of that his amazing skills and you know just what he brought to the world kind of gave me like a blueprint and as well as some of my other people that I look up, mentors that I look up to that kind of help shape who and what I am. So I have a great deal of respect for those kind of disciplines. So, yeah. yeah. Um, boxing, boxing is wonderful. Um, I'm not a boxer. Uh, I, I got hit in the face a few times and I said, this is not for me. Um, but yeah, my, my hit part, that, that part I didn't, I wasn't too crazy, but I boxed too when I was a kid. So. Yeah. So I figured with your brother and with uh, kind of, you know, all the duking it out that you were doing in, in school, uh, I thought there would be some boxing. <laughs> but, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I was a junior Golden Glove champion and I fought this guy and he had many more fights than me. But I, I'm, I'm kind of ambidextrous. And so the first part is like, come on, I box right handed. Yep. And then halfway, I'd switch over and I'd box left, left handed just to throw, throw people him. off. And Marvin Handler did that. Yeah, but I went. He, he dug down. I went to throw a left hand, and I didn't even see it coming. He looped the right hand over, and I just turned around, and I had no idea where I was. And and I was like, but I instinctively protected myself, and I ended up winning the fight. But it was the last fight I ever had. I was like, I'm I'm done now. I'm I'm good with that. So oh my the end of my boxing career. The stuff the... with the acting. The, the speed with which uh, with which people are the professionals are doing this is just utterly ridiculous. I remember studying martial arts, uh, and I was uh, I was with uh, you know my my coach who you know uh, coached and trained uh, uh, Russian Spetsnaz uh, you know fighters, and you know mm-hmm. he he was by that time he was already I think in his late fifties maybe early sixties. And definitely not uh, anywhere as quick as he used to be. And we're kind of practicing and, you know, I'm getting good. I'm feeling it. I'm like, all right. So can you, can you please kind of, uh, you know, punch, I'm going to try to block it. He's like, are you sure? I said, yeah, let's do it. And so something happened. I don't remember anything because 
just I, I felt some sort of a wave and something was really close to my to my face. Obviously, I blocked nothing. And I said, okay. And he said, this, just so you understand, this was at about a quarter of the speed that's normal. And I'm about four times slower than I used to be. Wow. I said, yeah, okay, got it. And then it, it was, I think it was at that moment where I went from a martial arts practitioner to a martial arts enthusiast. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So yeah, there. It's just yeah. You're either you're either doing this and this is your thing and you work at it and you become proficient at it, or you enjoy it and you love the art of it. And I'm definitely in that you know the second category. <laughs> Perfect. Um, thank you so much uh, for for joining me. I really really appreciate it. Best of luck with all of your projects. People, please uh, follow uh, follow Poncho. Well, where can they follow you? I, I, I think that would be a good question to ask right about now. That's forthcoming. I'm, you know, I'm I, like again. I, I've kind of been a little absent on yeah. the social media world, but right now, I'm, at least I'm gonna start expanding my Instagram and and whatnot. So, so yeah. I'm gonna get a little more active with that. So. Well, then everybody look for uh, for Pancho uh, to open up an Instagram account and follow him there when he does. Um, I do have to, you know, the pick it up. Yeah. What, what's, what's the handle that uh, the people can follow? Uh, it's PDIMS. PDIMS. All right. Perfect. Then we'll, we'll place that right here. So follow him there. Um, and um, everybody, again, thank you for tuning in. We, we really appreciate it. We know... How much you love actors and we know how much you love uh, the craft and this is why we continue having these conversations thank you thank you very much